Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Roland Walters, who had a life-changing near-death experience, and he encountered Yeshua and was informed of his calling as a light energy worker. Roland, thank you for joining me and welcome. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. It's an honor to be, be here on your show. Thank you very much. Roland, let's start at the beginning of your NDE and go from there. Well, actually, at the very beginning with the NDE, I don't, I don't really remember it. It was uh, until, or didn't remember it, until I had a hypnotherapy session about three and a half, maybe four years ago. But it happened to me when I was four, almost turning five, the summer, that summer before I turned five years old. And, um, but yeah, I went in for the hypnotherapy session to, to deal with fear of flying, you know, fear of, you know, between enclosed spaces and, and, you know, uh, fear of flying at the same time and, and got nowhere near that didn't get anywhere close to talking about fear of flying and just all this information about the, the NDE, what, you know, what happened just started flowing in, just, it was just like flooding in. It's nonstop. So that's when I, I learned about that something actually happened, you know, beyond just the accident. So, but the accident itself, you know, the accident itself was, uh, it's where I had fallen and had no clue that I actually had had an NDA. Take us through your accident and then what you recall from the hypnotherapy happened afterwards. Okay. We were on a dairy farm at the time. You know, my family's always been in farming. I've been in farming pretty much all my life, but uh, we're on a dairy farm. For people who don't know, we have these in-ground bunkers that... Um, where, where forages are stored in and called silages. And so essentially dirt walls, three dirt walls and a concrete floor. And um, I, was, I was literally harassing my cat. I was being a mean little kiddo and harassing the cat. And, and what the scene was, was my brother was in, a, in, in the silo area with pitchfork and a little trailer and the tractor and, and loading up the trailer with the silage, corn silage that was in there. And my smart idea was I was going to throw, toss the cat down into this. And it's, it was about a, to the, to the floor, to the ground, it's about eight or nine feet drop. So it's not a long way. So I was just going to toss this cat down on there, but, um, the cat had different ideas. So I went down and the cat didn't. And um, they say that I, I basically I dropped like a missile head first onto the concrete. And I even remember like the walls, the dirt wall going by in that split second. And I don't remember hitting. Um, I do remember my 
my older brother running over to me. And then at the same time, I heard my mom, I guess she saw my, saw me fall and she was a little ways away. And I remember hearing her scream, don't touch him, don't touch. Him. And then I was out. Um, and that's when everything started with, with the ND. That's where the ND, the ND started when I was in the hypnotherapy session. It, all of a sudden it was just this really warm yellow light that was just like pulling at me and it was pulling up not straight up it was kind of an angle kind of going away and it's like my brother was standing here and my mom was here and I was going between them and I just remember it was so warm it was just um you know I didn't know what was going on um but in that instant I could see me laying there and then all of a sudden it's like it was the the lights and everything was gone and then the next thing i know i'm seeing me and i'm in the car i'm laying on we had this the old car the old cars where they had the vinyl bench seat and i'm laying on the bench seat in between like my dad was driving my, and my head's in my mom's lap but then that's like when i see the light again and i'm moving again but i see me laying there in that seat um and then, you know, when I came out of the NDE, it's like I was, we were arriving at the doctor's office. So I had no clue as far as how long I was out, but it seemed like it was kind of coming and going a little bit. But um, I remember looking down and seeing my parents and seeing me, and it's like I was trying to go back. And somebody had my left hand, and it was pulling me the other way. And I was kept pulling, and then when I turned and looked back, I didn't recognize this this person didn't know who it was didn't look like anybody i'd seen before and i'll tell you jeff it wasn't until later on after the hypnotherapy session after i you know, figured out the whole nde before i figured out who it was i just remember they made me i was extremely nervous extremely scared but it's like through that hand i felt calm and they just kept pulling me and i was i was getting frustrated but how I figured out who it was, was I, uh, I was, I don't know where I saw it, but, um, the young lady that did the, the huge painting of Yeshua, um, I, I can something, I can cranic or cranic, something like that, mm-hmm. uh, where she did as a little, little child. I was going through something one day after that hypnotherapy session, shortly after it, and I saw that picture and I was like, that's who it was is exactly what he looked like that was the guy was like oh okay so it was yeshua at the time i didn't know it I had no clue i just knew some guy was pulling me and but he felt calm so it was one of those things he just kept pulling me and it's like he, and i don't know if i was saying this out loud or if i was saying it in my mind but it's like he and he kept pulling me and it's like he won't let me go he won't let me go I don't know why he won't let me go. And he said, I don't know if I was saying out loud, if he, if he heard me or if he just intuitively got my message, but he stopped, turned around and looked at me and basically was, was telling me you're not done. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand. And he turns and we start walking again, but he's still pulling me. And in this process, 
you know, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm scared and I'm calm. You know, it's a lot of mixed feelings. It's, you know, for, for a four-year-old, five-year-old, this was, this was kind of, kind of freaky. You know, it was, it's uncomfortable in a way, but I have a feeling he probably knew he had to hold on to me because I don't, I don't think I would have stayed. I would have like rushed back. Um, but as we were walking, I started seeing these people, more and more people, which I guess turned out to be souls, were coming around. It's like all of a sudden it's two, three, and then four, five, and ten, then all of a sudden it was twenty, and then it's like they just kept getting more and more and more. And um, it's like they were dark colors. Everything from not not black, but grays, dark reds, dark blues, dark greens, all were just kind of dark, you know, and and getting closer and closer and and as we they got closer, we're walking through the middle of them and he's just walking right along this was just steady and he's just going right along pulling me along and and then i'm getting nervous about them so i'm starting to just to focus on him i'm 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 just like i don't want to see them you know i'm trying to focus on them and i remember it's like i'm feeling uncomfortable because they're they're looking at me it's like seems like they're leaning in and looking at me and stuff and and i didn't I just like, no, okay, I'm going to look at him. I'm just going to look at the back of his head, you know, whatever, just look at him. And then he stops and turns around and Lily is, is pointing at them, trying to get me to look at them. And it's like, I'm looking at him and he's like, no, look over here, look at them. And he, he keeps pointing at them and he's, and he's saying they're waiting for you. Well, that didn't help my nervousness at all. You know, that didn't, that just made me just like, all right, let's keep going. You know, let's, let's just stop, you know, or something. And, and then when I look by, I swear, it's like we went from 10 to 50 to 100 or something. It's just like, they just kept getting more and more and more and more. And it's like, as far as you could see, and I'm looking both ways. And so he starts walking again, and he's like, it's okay. You know, we're just going to keep going. And, and as I look back, as we're passing them, literally just as soon as we get past them, those that are behind us are changing. They're no longer dark colors. They're no longer – it's like they're different shades of white, not – bright bright white but just in you know, different shades of white some are lightly white some are more white but then they start interacting with themselves instead of like looking at us all the others as we pass are, are like staring at us and he's not doing anything i'm not doing anything and then he says something along the lines of Earth souls helping Earth souls. Just to this day, I still don't fully understand what that was supposed to be, but that was what was one of the things he said. So we kept walking, and it was just happening. It was just 
just constantly happening. So I was getting more calm and I was just like watching. It's almost like watching a show. And then one of the times that I was... I was watching this and, you know, and I started thinking like, why me? Why am I here? You know, why, why did he, why did he say, you know, they're waiting for me and things like that. And as I was kind of getting out of my, I guess I was probably getting out of my fear and things like that that was happening. I was just kind of getting used to seeing the same show and he stops again, turns around, looks at me and looks straight at me and says, I chose you. And I was, and it's like he must be hearing what I'm saying, or either he, he's he's picking up on what I'm um the message I'm got in my mind or something. And he turns and we start walking again. And I'm still confused, still don't know really what's going on. And it's just it's just the same procession. It's just we're just walking. And then one of the times I look back and I'm watching these other souls as people as they're interacting. And when I turn back around, the scene is a little different. There's a group of people in the shape of a V in front of us now. They're wearing white robes. It's like like a V that's cutting through the crowd. Whereas before, he's just walking, and they were kind of separating just slightly. Well, this time, it's like they make this wide V so the people are further out. And, you know, it's like all of a sudden they were just there, you know, you know, Nothing was said. Nobody's talking, and we're just just walking. But I just you know, now we're we've got this space between me and these people, and we're just still walking. And it's still more people. It's just more people, and it just it keeps coming. And so now I'm just kind of in this rhythm. Like I don't know where we're going, but we're going somewhere. And constantly just looking back, looking at the different ones, watching things change. And I look back again. And then when I turned around, Jesha was gone. And the whole scene had stopped. All the people in front of me were gone. And it's just like, in the moment, everything changed. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's not, I didn't, it's, it's kind of like I got moved or I got shifted somewhere. But all I did was I turned my head and, and all of a sudden, those people that were in the line we're around a circle and I'm like behind them. And this circle is, is um, say 25, 30 feet wide. And at their feet, right in front of them, there's, there's a circle of stones about baseball size. And it was 11 of them. So they were spaced out pretty well that I could see between them. And in the center, I could see another circle look like, if I were to guess, maybe two, maybe three feet in diameter. Um, same same size stones sitting there. And, of course, as a kid, I'm looking around like, and oh, the whole scene has changed. Instead of, before it was just kind of a, almost like it, it just wasn't anything. It was just like a vastness. And all of a sudden, all these people, we were like walking through a vast, almost kind of like your backdrop, you know, looking into space or something, just just, just walking through something like that. And then all of a sudden, this was, when I looked around, there's a, trees all the way around us. And this is like a little flat plain area. 
you know, not, not huge, you know, maybe 50 yards wide or something, but, and so we're in this nature scene, you know, we're out kind of in the woods or in, in a, in a, in a plain area and it's evening time and it's, you know, it's quiet, kind of cool. And once again, I'm looking around the next thing I know, I'm standing in the center and it's like, they just immediately put me in the center and I'm facing one particular guy. And once again, they're all wearing these robes and these robes are just, just white plain robes, but they've got this big medallion. It's, it's almost baseball size too, as far as you know, flat metal, um, look like hammered metal with two in two rings. I have no idea what that means or anything, but that was just, it stood out because every one of them had one, but I'm looking at this one particular guy and he's, he's staring right at me. He's looking right at me and he comes closer and I start feeling more calm. You know, I've, this whole process, I'm getting nervous and then calm and nervous and calm and everything keeps changing. And it comes right up to me and basically just says, do what I do, follow me. And he starts moving his hands back and forth like this in front of me. And my arms start tingling, like going all at my arms not the rest of my body, but my arms and hands are just tingling like crazy. And I'm obviously, I'm not really following him because I'm, I'm kind of like, you want me to do what? And then finally he says, just put your hands out to the side. So I put my hands out to the side and everything's just super calm, tingling like crazy. And <clears throat> like not a whole lot was going on but we're just kind of standing there and then the group starts humming or maybe they were already humming i just didn't realize it i don't know but uh, that's when i started hearing with the humming and um i look around at the group and then he starts backing up backing up to his spot and just about the time he backs up and gets to his spot all of a sudden, there was this jolt. It was this light. It was just like this instant jolt. It's like being shocked. You know, uh, I grew up on a farm where there's electric fences around livestock and stuff, and it was just like that instant shock, like you've ever been shocked. And, but it came down and hit me. And I will tell you that when I was in that hypnotherapy session, the therapist said I jumped and about came, she said, looked like I came an inch off the table said your whole body just jumped up and um when that shock hit me i was really disoriented i was um i didn't feel bad it didn't hurt i was just everything was kind of swirling nothing was really clear to me and by the time i kind of came out of my being disoriented they're walking away I see their backs. They're just, they're walking away. And I'm also back into the salt of, okay, now what's going on? What's, what, what is this? And uh, a few moments later, 
and I'm looking around a few moments later, the scene changed again, and Joshua's back there. But this time, he's like, he's standing, well, not really standing, he's almost like halfway kneeling in front of me, and, you know, saying it's time to go back. And I remember not saying anything, but he knew what I was thinking. And I was not wanting to go back, but it wasn't because I didn't want to go back to the family. I didn't want to go back because I was afraid of what all, what seemed like they were telling me I'm supposed to be doing. You know, this, this, this feeling I was getting of working with people, working with souls or something that I didn't understand. And it was just, it was too much. He just had this feeling like it was overwhelming. It was too much. And and he was just like, it's okay. You can do this. And I'm, I'm going, I don't know. He said, you can do it. That's what I, was. I remember, remember saying or thinking, what is it? What is this it that I'm, I'm supposed to be, you know, you're saying that I'm, I'm going to be doing, you know, is it just something for me that I'm working on? Am I supposed to help others? I, and mind you, I was a kid, little kid. So um, thoughts are just spinning in my head and stuff at the time. And, and then all of a sudden I'm back where you know, it's like mom's picking me up and we're going into this doctor's office. And we just went into the local doctor's office. It was, it was one of those scenarios where you know, you used to still be able to call up the doctor and they'd meet you at the doctor's office and, and we'd come in the back door. And um, so then I was back. I got checked out. There was nothing, they said there was nothing wrong with me. I didn't have any injuries. Uh, I remember being very disoriented. Um, we can't, literally came through the back doors, like two or three steps up into the door and then you're literally in the exam room is in the back of the back of the building and I remember sitting on those steps and just kind of halfway out of it and I remember the the physician was like he's okay he just you know everything's kind of a shock and you know don't worry about him and stuff and I remember feeling so freaking exhausted I was just so tired and um of course, I don't remember a lot of a lot about once I got back home, but I just that that day I just remember sitting there that night we were evening we were sitting there and it was just everything was just tiring. I was so tired and you know, but I didn't remember any of that until just like three four years ago, and because of that hypnotherapy. But once that came through. I I realized, yeah, that was there. That had happened. So anyway, that's the NDE. That's that's what happened to Roland, thank you for sharing your experience with us. It seemed like in the beginning you were bilocated. And what I mean by that is you were in the light, but then you were also looking at your body back on Earth. Does that sound correct to you? Yeah, I was. And it, it happened twice, which was was kind of odd because you know I hear and listen to other your shows and NDEs and they'll they'll see and sometimes it's it's for a long period of time it seems like with some people but it was really quick it's like I saw myself at the bottom of the silo between my parents 
And then, then I didn't see that. And then the next scene, I'm in the vehicle. So, but yes. You said that you were informed that you are a light energy worker. And during this experience, you and Yeshua were walking through crowds of people and their color was changing from dark to light. Do you feel like you were, or maybe Yeshua was actually performing light working at that time? Well, I don't think it was me. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I do. I mean, when I've told other people this, I've had some would say that, you know, it was, it was you, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's easier to, to, for me to believe, you know, him doing it because I really wasn't doing anything. I was confused and kind of lost, but I felt like he was showing me, like he was trying to show me, you know, just, just do this you know, see them, pay attention to them, understand them or something, and do this. This realm, wherever you were, where you were walking around with people and you saw people standing in a circle and you were in the middle of that circle, do you think that was Earth or some other place? That's a good question. Um, When I was walking through all the people, it felt like it was some other place, you know, it, 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 um, almost like no place is what it really felt like. It's, it, it was just, it had, and maybe like it didn't have anything to do with a place. It was just the idea the, you know, the, the, the purpose, the point, you know, not necessarily a scene or a place, but the other one, felt very much like earth you know like you know with the stones and the trees and and the ground and everything maybe you know i don't know maybe feel like uh you know to remind me what we work with here you know what's what we have to deal with and what's part of us but that definitely felt like earth immediately after this session had ended and you went home how did your life change? Um, well, honestly, there's a lot I probably couldn't, I don't remember, but I will tell you um, all my life I've, I've felt the energies and kind of wondered about stuff and, you know, never really had the community to talk to. And I, I just remember different times throughout my early years of when I tried to mention something to somebody or if somebody would make a comment that I didn't realize was maybe a joke about spirits or something or energies and I would chime in and and um unfortunately it turned out most of the time I was kind of told things like you know stop making up you know, making up stories stop uh um that's not true that you know just just stuff like that so but it was always this feeling and and i remember trying to talk to people it's like can't you feel that i mean it's just like this there's just energy oh that was a thing with with the nde going through these people it was so much energy it was just like everything was just like vibrating energy it was you know, like almost shaking to the point but but since 
sense to me. It was just feeling this this energy, and and I always had this question of like, what is what is this? I keep feeling, you know, what is this? It's like something bigger, something here besides just us. And, you know, people look at me like, I don't feel anything. You know, there's there's nothing here, you know. And, and I, you know, I had lost friends as a kid, you know, or had started getting picked on at times. And so I started learning to shut my mouth on a regular basis. And as soon as I, you know, um, but, you know, I remember watching, we'd see stuff on TV and things, and I'm going, well, that resonates. But then it was things that I guess on the on this religious side that I started getting these feelings like when somebody would say something, let's say somebody would say something that Jesus, Yeshua said, I get these feelings like that's not right. You know, and and it was that that got me in trouble a few times with like family and stuff and and um, when somebody would say something or, or anything, it had to be family, just other people, you know, from this, from this area that I'd say that, that can't be right. I know that's not right. And they would like, well, how do you know? Cause my family actually didn't, didn't go to church very much. My grandparents were, you know, very religious and very active in the church, but with us, with the dairy farm, it was all about the farm stuff. But, uh, um, so it was just like this feeling of some of the stuff being told is not right, and it's just this other energy that other people couldn't couldn't relate to me on, and that's how it was for the longest time, you know, up till I should say until my mid twenties, and then you know by that time it started the focus became you know work and career and things like that, but um, yeah, it was just this constant feeling of energy. I'm pretty sure after that hypnotherapy session, you've asked yourself why Jesus or Yeshua chose me. Have you? Oh, yes. Um, and there's even been doubt, you know. And actually, you know, I started energy work with people long before the hypno session. But... Um, I have asked that. I mean, had doubt, but then there's been that part of me that that slightly knows we're all part of that. So part of me is like it's not just me. I think I really believe we all were chosen. We're all part of this. It just. Maybe that was my chance to to learn. Um, Jeff, also, I get this ever since that I've, I've had this feeling of, of that I'm supposed to help people. Uh, I want to say this: um, help people help others. You know, like opening up other healers to to more than just some of the, the basic energy working modalities and stuff and actually like opening up the light, helping people see the light that's within. So um, 
that thought, that question did come through my mind from time to time, but I guess I've, I've really kind of transmuted it or changed it to the point where, okay, it's not me. You know, I'm just, I'm part of the picture. You know, I'm one of, one of the whole picture. So it's, um, you know, staying humble and, and just understanding I'm just part of this. Have you ever stood up and tried to move your arms like you were shown back in your NDE and seen if that could actually heal people? Well, a lot of the work I do is actually moving my hands and stuff over people, you know, moving energy. Um, I will say that training I did in shamanism, my interest in shamanism in the years past, um, got me started back on that. But um, you know, standing in front of people is is yes. Uh, to answer your question, I have, and I will tell you, I still have my own mental uh, ego struggles of like, okay, is this is this working or not? But I know it does because the people tell tell me it does. You know, people tell me they can feel the energy. And even when I do remote work with people across the country or, you know, in other countries, you know, part of it, just me being here and just sending the energy and then the people can feel it. And I know I'm not, I'm not being special. It's just, you know, it's just what I do and, and what I know what other people can do. But, um, I think kind of the, the, the idea or the story behind it is if we just be, It'll happen. After remembering this experience from your hypnotherapy session, did you notice that anything else happened to you? Like all of a sudden you had new abilities or something? After the hypno, no. Um, maybe just a little more on the awareness. Um, it did, it did change me in the sense of how I perceived this, everything. Um, really, you know, coming down to is that whole thing that we are light, we are love, we are all, you know, we're all one, but we also are our own selves. We have our own, you know, light and energy and With that hypnotherapy, it, it, with with seeing these people change or seeing these souls change, and understanding that you know we're not just—of course, we all know we're not just this body. You know, at least everybody that watches this show, we're not just this body. You know, we we have the two two realities: one's this this, and the other's the higher self or the soul, or however you want to say it. But we're still one, and you know, we're still taking this journey together. So, the hypnotherapy really just think just the awareness of, of of me seeing it differently and seeing like oh that and see that person's light within and then help them see that and it just I was already focusing on helping people release like emotional traumas and emotional baggage because I knew that that's a low vibrational energy that holds people back but so this 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 process was just it, it got me to see things a little bit differently started seeing seeing the person as the soul, you know, and it is, is something so much more. And 
since this, I will say with my focus being a little more in depth on that, um, I've actually had a chance to see some people completely open up, you know, and when they release some of that baggage and those burdens, like Yesha used to, you know, spoke about, um, that all of a sudden they're, they're like whole new people, you know, they're, they're feeling again, they're, they're seeing it again. And, you know, they're not this, this mold that they've become over the last you know, 20, 30, 40, 60 years or whatever it is. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say new, anything new, it's just more aware, go deeper into, into that. Can you give us some tips on releasing emotional trauma and baggage? It's one of those hard things for us that, um, you know, that ego holds on to that label, that title or whatever we've, you know, we've, we've uh, been dealing with. But let me share this with you. I was in a session with somebody, a remote session, um, a few years ago, probably. Um, it was after the NDE, but I usually bring their energy towards me and then I usually have my eyes closed and I'm working on helping them to remove, it's like I'm raking the body and, and trying to pull energies, the low vibrational energies off of them that's tied to those emotions. And kind of like a therapist, I get them to, to talk. I want them to relive, you know, whatever the situation was. And this person was talking about something from 10 years ago. And no energy was moving, none. I couldn't, I was getting frustrated. I think they were getting frustrated and it was like, what is going on? And um, got my eyes closed and all of a sudden this grayish black blob, like right off to the side here, pops up right in front of me uh, or to the side of me rather. And it's just like, like smoke that's kind of, just kind of doing like this, just kind of hanging hanging there in the air and and it actually caused me to kind of sit back i didn't open my eyes but you know like what is what is this popping up in front of me here now during this you know and especially when it's like all right my space is safe and everything and then all of a sudden a lady's hand juts out right to my right um and i it's it's hand and forearm i should say and it's right in front of this gray smoky blob thing and it goes right into it and i can see by the tendons in the arm it, it grabs something in there when it comes back out it's holding a black ball uh yay big this solid black ball in the hand and it squeezes it and it goes poof and it's just like it you know explodes and, and the dust falls in that immediate moment in this year, I hear, go to the core, go to the core. And then the black mob starts just kind of falling, just you know, disappearing. And I knew exactly what that meant. As soon as you, they, they, the, the, the voice said that, I stopped the client and was like, this is not it. This is not it. We got to go back to your childhood. And we did. We went back to the very first, very first trauma situation for her, and that was the core issue. That's what was everything was molded. So I'm getting to your your question. The answering question is through this work in working with, I believe, 
in dealing with emotional traumas and releasing those energies, I think we have to go to the beginning. When we're first wide open, you know, a lot of times we pick up stuff, we pick up the baggage, we pick up the burdens from stuff that, you know, and we, and sometimes we weren't even meant to be hurt. It was just, a lot of it's because we're raised by people who are hurt, you know, and they don't, they don't know, you know, they don't know any better and they're not trying to hurt us. And then of course, then there's the scenarios where people who actually were out to hurt you. But so to answer your question, the tips is go to the beginning, go to where it started. And it's like a ball of, and it's like a ball of twine. Everything else in your life just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And if we can, you know, we can work on the layers and all that's great. And we got to keep working on the layers. But if we can do and get to that core, it does just like that. Um, and I've, I've seen it with so many people when they go to the core, it's like it opens everything else up and all the other crap becomes so much less of an issue in other words who fussed at you two months ago and you're still angry about all of a sudden it's not that big of a deal anymore because you were just being triggered your pain from way back when was being triggered that would be my answer for you is going back to the beginning being willing to face that even if you don't remember but you still feel it and how I'll tell people, if you still have it, you still feel it. As long as you feel it, you still are carrying it. If you don't, if you think about the event and, and you're not blocking it and you don't feel it, then you've probably done your work and let it go. But most of us don't let go of stuff back from back then because, oh, we were just a kid. You know, that's way back then. You know, we're intelligent adults now. We got our lives and stuff. We think. Well, that's 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 nothing now, but it's but it's huge actually. And if you if you look at it, I guess another one of the ways I, I tell people is you take the six year old you, Jeff, and you take versus the man you are now, and you have somebody come up and fuss at you, the man you are now, and turn around and fuss at the six year old you. Who's going to hold it? who's going to be the one that's going to be most affected by it. And that's what we forget is that child of us, it doesn't didn't take much because we were just wide open, full of love running around. And sometimes, you know, our baggage, our burdens, because somebody didn't pay attention to us. You know, they were too busy. They were working. Or maybe we just got picked on by the older brother or something. But it's, it's, it's we were like sponges, you know, and that molded everything else. That'd be the answer to my question for you. When you heard everybody humming, were they humming a melody or just kind of like one note? One note. It was, you know, kind of like saying "om," but it was just nonstop. What inspires you about your experience? You know, I told you I've, I've been doing energy work and have been before the ND or the hypnotherapy session rather, you know, when I rediscovered the NDE. So honestly, what inspired me the most was that I'm on the right track with what I'm doing. Um, because I was already trying to assist people not only on just this level, 
but also on a soul level. If this was before the the NDE, it was it was I was starting to get messages that you no, know, the soul itself was in distress, and I was it didn't make sense to me because I always had this envision of the soul being pure white and everything else, and you know no issues, everything was just here on Earth, but. I tried working with somebody one time and it's like we were discussing and talking with the soul and, and all this, all this was coming out. They were like, yes, you know, I want to let this go. Da, 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 da. This is holding me back. And, um, so anyway, the, the NDE was just like, okay, I'm on the right track, you know? Uh, and maybe that's why it came at that time. I, I don't know. I mean, the fact that, I went in there for something completely different and that came up. So I guess that would be it. As a secondary thing to you experiencing your NDE, did it actually also rid you of your fear of flying? <laughs> um, no, <laughs> it did not. Um, but it also made me realize I had more stuff to work on with, within myself which also included, you know, more on a soul level, you know. Uh, through shamanism, there was you know, the part of, it, of doing soul retrievals and things like that. And, you know, so there was some, some work I'd already done on that level. But uh, taking this a little step further, um, it did not rid me of that. And... I actually haven't been flying still to this point, but uh, I think I'm about ready to look forward to start trying. I will share with you, mm -hmm. I had a daughter that um, she's no longer with us, but it was because of her is what kicked me into start doing the energy work. How so? Um, you want me to share that? Sure. Okay. Um, her name was Shayla. She was born in 2008 with a heart, well, actually not a heart defect. She had two holes in her heart. And it was one of those things where they were wanting her to grow up, um, you know, get a few few months uh, older before trying, attempting heart surgery. And unfortunately, things didn't work out. Um, she ended up um, getting congestive heart failure and while in the hospital, had a had a heart attack. And uh, we'd lost her, it was like for 45 minutes, they were losing her, bringing her back, losing her, bringing her back. But we, but they, they got her back, but she ended up suffering brain damage, quite a bit of brain damage and ended up getting acid cerebral palsy. Well, my wife stayed there in the PICU the whole, I think it was six weeks. Um, I think made a whole visit with six weeks. But anyway, just nonstop. She was there 24 seven. Um, and she just worked remotely with her laptop and we have a son was two at the time. And so I was back with the farm, taking care of stuff at home, taking care of my son. And I would come in the evening and come see my little girl and come see my wife and, and let her, my wife go out, get something to eat, go, you know, get some sunshine, things like that. Well, that little girl of mine had tubes all in her and, you know, mind you, she's, four and a half months old when it's happened and she's like this big she's a little thing um and all they've got on her is a diaper 
and a light over to keep her warm. You know, and and I walked up, my wife's over in the corner working, and I walked up, and the first thing I wanted to do was touch her to see, is she warm? Is she cold? You know, and we always had trouble with her in all her life keeping her warm. Seemed like she would get cold really easy. And I went up to just put my hand on her chest, like if this is her chest, and I couldn't touch her chest. There was a bowl of energy over her chest, literally like you took a bowl and stuck it over her chest. And I pushed on it, and she's laying all spread eagle out on her back, and she jumps. And she's been unconscious for you know, days at this point. And I stepped back, felt it again, and I pushed again, and she jumped again. And, and I called my wife over, and she came over, and I said, can you feel it? And she goes up, she just, and she touches her. She doesn't feel it. And my wife actually can feel lots of energy and I couldn't touch her chest. And I remember when I left there that evening going, okay, all right, all right, all right. I got to do something with this. You know, this, this is like, it made its big entrance, so to speak. I mean, I went from feeling stuff around and kind of feeling stuff between my hands to actually feeling it on a person like that and the fact that I pushed it she jumped you know it was like it was actually there it actually you know and I remember doing it again my wife's like slapping my hand stop stop <laughs> yeah it's like okay yeah I'm sorry but it was just it was intriguing I didn't know you know what what this was and I just and it was from that point that I just started looking I said this is this this is happening for a reason you know and it was and through her multiple different things stuff would happen stuff i would see stuff i'd start noticing and it was basically that night me saying okay all right i'm ready to do something with this i don't know what this is i'm ready to do something what kind of advice do you have for people that are grieving over the loss of loved ones know that they're there my daughter's with me all the time in my work. I have numerous people that see her, feel her, feel, hear her um, when I'm working on them. Um, it still hurts. You know, it, it, it still hurts a lot. But, you know, they're in such a good place and they are there with us always you know we're never alone we feel like we're alone but we're not just remember they're always there after watching this podcast people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions are you up for that yes what's the best way to reach you um through through my um my email, my business name is In The Healing Light. So you can go to my website, which is inthehealinglight.com. Um, you can ask questions directly on it and send it to me. It'll be sent to you in my email. But also my email is inthehealinglight at gmail.com. Before recording this podcast, you mentioned that you are a public speaker. Are you going to be speaking anywhere anytime soon? Well, it's, it's not so much just a public speaking, but I do kind of like energy circles. I call them energy cascades, which is group energy healings. And um, I just finished a group of them 
so my my next ones won't be uh, actually most of Maureen's set up yet, but we're looking into May. So when I start doing the next setup, do you ever get messages from the other side? Yes. Um, the 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 strongest one, the repetitive message was I am, and it was that, and it literally. It really is in meditation one time, the first time was probably nine years ago, and it was just the triangle with lots of energy, but didn't have anything, any words in it. And then later on, it came, I want to say maybe two years after that, it came to me in in a meditation and it looked just like that. And it came to me really slowly. You know, my eyes are closed in meditation. And it came from this side really slowly from a distance. And I could feel the energy get stronger and stronger and stronger as it got to me. And Jeff, I don't know if I got, you know, got up out of the meditation, got busy. But for some odd reason that day, I didn't write down anything from my meditation. You know, if I get something that comes to me specifically, then, you know, I try to write it down. And who knows, maybe I was busy with my daughter. I don't know. But, uh, Maybe two, three weeks later, comes again, and it comes faster. And once again, for some reason, I didn't write it down. I didn't draw it. Um, but like a couple of days right after that, it came hard and fast to the point where I felt like it was going to hit me. It came so fast at me that I jumped back, and the energy was so strong. And it was just, I remember telling my wife about it and I was drawing it and we were, we were trying to, you know, get the image right. And, um, I remember for the longest time for like six months going, I can't like use this. I mean, do you know what I am? It, you know, I can't, you know, I'm in the Bible belt. I can't use that. But, um, finally I took, you know, like it, it kept coming, it kept coming. And then finally I took it and I put it on business cards and put things like that. And I started accepting it. Let's say that, you know, I started accepting it. And um, finally took that information to one of my, the shows I, I do down here in North Carolina. And I didn't get, I figured I'd get somebody criticizing or something. And, um, but nobody said anything no criticism or anything about it. I, I really didn't know what to expect. Maybe I had too many expectations or something, but um, that was going back to being I am, meaning it finally took me a while. I mean, it, Jeff, it did. It took me a while to, I finally made myself to sit and accept it and be with it, but it's literally just I am. You know, there is no anything else it's just i am you know i am light i am love i am god you know i am peace i am all that there is i'm one with all you know i am that i am all of that and it's it's that message is the one the other one was coming across that i've got to get this out to people i've got to let people know i'm not anything special we're all i am you know, it's just who we are. We, we're so much more than just this avatar, this this physical body. So, 
Yeah, that that's that's a major part of my work is talking to people and getting people. If I can get people to understand that and open up to and accepting I am that they are, I think the healing really improves. What is the reason that I am is written in a pyramid? Now, honestly, Jeff, I don't truly have a great answer for that, but I just, it was always this feeling of, you know, strength, you know, being in that it's, 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 you know, it's, it's a strong structure. It's, it's not, um, you know, it can't just collapse. It is impenetrable, you know, something like that. Just unwavering. Rowan, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Jeff, we're all equal. You know, you have a higher self, soul, however you want to say it. I do. Everybody does. We're all equal. Nobody's greater than the other. I'm not greater than anybody. I'm not less than anybody. And we we have this light that's within us. You know, we, we think that we're, we're not much. We think, you know, we can't do this or we can't do that or somebody else is better than us. And it's, it's not true. It's, we all have the same thing. We all are connected in the same way. And if we can just get rid of that baggage, these burdens, that emotional baggage and slow down this ego, we can see the light that is us. And then when we see the light that is us, then I believe we can see the others as they truly are. We want to be seen. We want to be loved. But sometimes when we're covered up in all this junk, all this baggage, we feel like, you know, we can't be or we don't deserve it. We're all equal. We're all equal. Roland, thank you for that message, and thank you for being my guest. Thank you, Jeff. It is an honor to be on your show. It's a great show. Thank you very much. Thank you. The pleasure was all mine. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the Join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.